In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Happy New Year. Today is the first Sunday of 2022, and it's hard to believe that we're even saying those words, 2022. Uh, But today is the first Sunday of 2022, and it's also the Sunday before the Feast of Theophany. And so, of course, the reading for today has nothing to do with it being January 2nd, 2022, really. But the fact that we are preparing for a great feast of the church, that we are preparing for especially a feast that even has the name Theophany, because it means a revelation of God. So we are preparing ourselves for a revelation of God. And if we are to know and understand God, then we are to really know and understand really what this entire life is about. And so what better thing to be reminded of as we kick off a new year than what our life is truly supposed to be directed towards and what our life is supposed to truly be about. And we get a glimpse of that in the gospel reading this morning. Of course, we have St. John the Forerunner introduced to us. The very beginning of the gospel of uh, St. Mark, and in in fact, we heard the first words, the the beginning of the gospel uh, there for the gospel of Mark. And and St. John is introduced, and he is preaching a baptism of repentance, and he is baptizing with water, and he is encouraging the, the faithful, and he is inspiring the people. And yet, as encouraging and inspiring as he is, he says, there is one who is coming after me. The thong of whose sandal I'm not worthy to stoop down and untie. He baptizes, I baptize with water. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. And so, of course, the goal of all of our life is then to be united to Christ in such a way that we have the Holy Spirit dwelling and abiding in us. That's the goal of our life. Well, how do we get there? Thankfully, January 2nd, is an important day in the church for us to be able to know and understand perhaps how to acquire the Holy Spirit and to have the Holy Spirit living and dwelling and abiding in us. Because today we celebrate, uh, among a few other saints, Saint Seraphim of Seraph, whose icon we have here in the nave. He was a uh, late 18th, early 19th century saint. And if you look at your bulletin, in fact, every single one of the quotes on the back of the bulletin this morning is from St. Seraphim of Sarov. Now, I'm not going to read through all of them uh, during the course of my sermon this morning. I'll use a couple of them, but hopefully it will at least whet your appetite a little bit to be able to go and learn more about St. Seraphim. And this beautiful person who really devoted his entire life to acquiring the Holy Spirit. And in fact, the second to last quote there at the bottom says, The true aim of our Christian life consists in the acquisition of the Holy Spirit of God. And he takes it a little bit further. And of course, perhaps the most well-known of all of St. Seraphim's quotes is that first one. The kingdom of heaven is peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. Acquire inward peace and thousands around you will find their salvation. I love that in speaking about acquiring the Holy Spirit and the goal of our life and our salvation, that St. Seraphim doesn't limit it to our getting our own salvation. But he says if we really work and attempt to acquire the Holy Spirit, not only will we be saved, 
but others around us will be saved as well because really our salvation is worked out when we are selfless, when we are willing to sacrifice. Well, how do we acquire that Holy Spirit? Well, we can look a little bit at the life of St. Seraphim of Seraph, and again, there's a lot to say, but I'm going to point out three things. Three things that St. Seraphim did throughout the course of his life that uh, ended in his acquisition of the Holy Spirit and can end in our acquisition of the Holy Spirit as well. And one of the things that I want to emphasize to all of you is you hear about the life of St. Seraphim and read about his life. Yes, he is an extreme uh, ascetic and monastic, but the acquisition of the Holy Spirit is not limited to monastics, it's not limited to clergy, it is open to every single person. And in fact, one of the quotes there, about halfway down on the sheet, it says, the fact that I am a monk and you are a layman is of no importance. And I could say the fact that I am a priest and you are a layman is of no importance. The Lord listens equally to the monk and to the man of the world, provided both are true believers. He looks for a heart full of true faith into which to send his Holy Spirit. For the heart of a man is capable of containing the kingdom of God. The Holy Spirit and the kingdom of God are one. And so this is for all of us, regardless of what is going on in our life. All of us are able to acquire the Holy Spirit and to live a life similar to the life of St. Seraphim. I say similar because, again, his is extraordinary. But there are three things about him that I want to point out. First of all, the first thing about acquiring the Holy Spirit, of course, is to pray. To pray. Now, St. Seraphim loved the services of the church, and so we pray corporately. You see in his icon there that he's wearing the stole. The big Greek word for this piece of vestment that the priest wears is simply the epitrachelion. And it's a Greek word that just literally means around the neck. He's wearing that because, of course, he is a priest in the church. And so St. Seraphim loved the services of the church, and he served the services of the church. And in fact, even when he lived out away from the monastery, uh, he lived in his own little cabin out there in the wilderness. Very, very frequently, he would come back to the monastery in order to celebrate the divine services and in order to receive and partake of the Holy uh, Eucharist. He was also, of course, known as a a very, very uh, compassionate and loving and good and holy and righteous confessor. He was a spiritual father to many. And in fact, uh, he would say uh, that sometimes someone asked him, why do you speak so fast in confession? And he is speaking so fast in confession because he, he said he was listening to the Holy Spirit and what to say to the person who was there confessing their sins because he didn't want to think about what the Holy Spirit was putting into his mind. He wanted it to be the Holy Spirit that was speaking to the person who was there instead of just little old Father Seraphim, he would say. And so the corporate worship of the church is important. Prayer is important for us to to be able to acquire the Holy Spirit. We are to come together and worship in the divine liturgy and the divine services and, and participate in all of the mysteries that the church has to offer in order for us to fully acquire the Holy Spirit. But Lord willing, this isn't the only time that you pray. It's not just about prayer in the church. It's also about prayer individually, ourselves at home as well. 
And perhaps the, the most amazing feat that St. Seraphim in his own individual prayer was the fact that for 1,000 days and nights, 1,000 days and nights, we here are on January 2nd of a new year. How many days are in a year? 365, right? A thousand days is roughly three years. A thousand days and nights that he spent in prayer on a rock. He had a rock that he would go and kneel on outside of his, his hermitage, and he had one inside that he would kneel on at night as well, praying constantly for God's mercy, for God's healing, to be able to acquire the Holy Spirit and to be able to know God. And so he prayed fervently, not only in the corporate worship of the church, but individually in his, uh, in his own cell as well. So that's the first thing, to pray. The second thing is to read the scriptures, to read the scriptures. St. Seraphim had a great love for all of the scriptures, but of course, in particular, the gospels. And it said that every single week, every single week, St. Seraphim would read all four of the Gospels. And of course, he likely read even more of the Scriptures every single week, but at least every single week he read all four of the Gospels so that he could have the words of Christ, the actions of Christ, the work of his own salvation and the salvation of the entire world running through his mind. Not just so that he can think about them, but of course he did. He meditated upon the work of Christ and the words of Christ, but so that the actions of the gospel could be his actions as well. That's the only way that we can actually live our life in acquisition of the Holy Spirit, to read and know the scriptures and then to live and walk the scriptures. Perhaps one of the most convicting things that St. Seraphim says uh, is uh, there about... Towards the bottom of the page there, he says, why do we judge our neighbors? Because we are not trying to get to know ourselves. Someone busy trying to understand himself has no time to notice the shortcomings of others. Judge yourself and you will stop judging others. Judge a poor deed, but do not judge the doer. It is necessary to consider yourself the most sinful of all and to forgive your neighbor every poor deed. We can see those are the, the words of Christ. Forgive. Bless those who curse. Give without expecting anything in return. He said the same sort of words and lived that same sort of life. And in fact, there's one story that uh, St. Seraphim was out at his hermitage and robbers came upon him. And they expected to find something there uh, in his cabin. Of course, they couldn't find anything. All they had were, was a little bit of food and the clothes on his back. And so they beat him almost to death. And in fact, he had to crawl back to the monastery, and it took him eight days before he was even able to get up again. He was beat so badly, and in fact, he spent the rest of his life kind of hunched over, and you even get that sense a little bit in the icon that's over there. And there are a few other icons of St. Seraphim where he is specifically hunched over because he lived the rest of his life uh, with the effects of this uh, beating that he took. And yet, what would we want if, if that person uh, did, someone did that to us? We'd want them to be arrested. We would want justice to be served. And yet, St. Seraphim said, forgive them. Forgive them. They found them. They caught them. He said, don't do anything to them. May God bless them. Because of his willingness to forgive and his willingness to live and walk the gospel. Acquire the Holy Spirit. Pray and read the scripture. And the last thing, the last thing, and perhaps the most difficult thing, 
is that throughout his life, St. Seraphim treated everything with such joy and with thanksgiving. Every single person, regardless of the time of year when they were interacting, he would see them and he would say, Christ is risen. Because he was so excited and he was so happy and he was so joyful about the fact that Christ was in fact risen. And that he knew that anything that would come upon him, anything that would come upon anyone, there would be victory in Christ. Christ is risen. And so he would joyfully exclaim that to them. And then every single person that he came across, whether he had met them a hundred times or he had only just that day met them, he would say to them, my joy. He would call them my joy. Because he was constantly thankful and he was living a life of thanksgiving and joy. And that's exactly what we need to live and how we need to live. And the last sentence I'll read to you is the first sentence of that big long quote there, the second one from the top. You cannot be too gentle, too kind. Shun even to appear harsh in your treatment of each other. Joy, radiant joy. Streams from the face of one who gives and kindles joy in the heart of one who receives. He said to be joyful. Acquire the Holy Spirit. Pray. Read the scriptures so that you can live them. And be joyful and give thanks to God in all things. And you too will acquire the Holy Spirit. And in laying this out to one of uh, his visitors, a man named Matavalov, Matavalov asked him, well, how do I know I have acquired the Holy Spirit? And St. Seraphim said, well, look at me. And Matavalov lifts his eyes and he attempts to look at St. Seraphim and he says, I can't. It looks like I'm staring into the sun. I cannot even behold your face. And he said, look at yourself. And Matavalov looked at himself, and he too was shining with this unbelievable light. And Matavalov said that although it was cold, and there was freezing rain perhaps, like we have this morning, but he said that he could not even feel the raindrops coming upon him. He couldn't feel the snow. He couldn't feel the cold because he was so enraptured by the Holy Spirit and filled with the warmth and glow of God. That is acquiring the Holy Spirit to shine with the light of the saints and with the light of Christ even now here in this world. We too can acquire the Holy Spirit no matter what is going on around us. Those three things. Pray, read the scriptures so that we can live them and be joyful and give thanks in all things. Nothing can keep us from doing those things. And if anything keeps us from doing those things, it's not the fault of God, it's the fault of ourselves. For not living our life with the sole focus of acquiring the Holy Spirit and being so united to Christ that we have the Spirit of God dwelling and abiding in us. So as we begin this new year, 2022, let's seek the prayers of St. Seraphim of Serov and all of the saints. And let's set our hearts and our focus on the one thing that we need to do, which is acquire the Spirit of God so that we can be saved and so that all those around us can be saved as well. Nothing can keep us from it. Pray. Read the scriptures so we can live it and give thanks to God with joy. Glory to the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen.